Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Adam and Jack. Today we have a few hot topics to discuss. Adam? Jack? What? <laughs> you just said my name and <laughs> nothing came out. You're just staring at me. Yeah, it's been, been about a month since our last one. We had some personal things we had to take care of, but we're back now. Wait, in case you weren't wondering, the personal things was Adam and I got into an argument over the podcast and there were some legal issues. You should see Jack's nose. It's not looking like it was a month ago. <laughs> but anyway, enough of that. It's been a weird month. Sports, you know, it's kind of slow other than the NFL. The big news, the bombshell coming out recently, Houston Astros. Despicable. That's one word I have to describe it. And here's another thing. If we're really not going to let Barry Bonds and Pete Rose, it's Major League Baseball for Barry Bonds' so-called cheating in a steroid area, even though he was the best steroid user, apparently. Yeah, he was. Even though everybody was on the juice back then, whether they want to admit it or not. How are we not letting this guy into the uh, Hall of Fame yet again? You know what the thing with steroids is, too? Yeah, help you out and recover and make you stronger in the long run, but still, you have to have the skill to hit the baseball. Not saying that I agree with using steroids, No. but still, you need to hit the baseball. What the Astros are doing were completely different. They knew what pitch was coming and that helps out significantly it's it's like where do you draw the line with that too you know where do you draw the line what is too far with stealing signs you know it's one thing if there's a player on second base distinguishing the signs from the catcher but it's another thing once you i think once you throw a battery into something and you start using electronics that's completely different i mean if you know the sign there's a guy on second one out and you know the pitch is going to be a curveball probably in the dirt take off right uh, not just take off, but don't swing the bat. Too. Yeah, like it, it's it's just it's just ridiculous what they were doing, and now it's all coming out. The the players I read today, the ones that are go- going to uh, pretty much snitch, are granted immunity with the MB- not the NBA, the MLB granted immunity, so they can say whatever they want now. They can admit, they can apologize, but they're not going to be in trouble. They had their fall guys. They had Hinch, okay. AJ Hinch, the GM for the Astros. I forgot his name. Uh, Alex Cora, fuck him, number one. I hate Alex Cora. And Carlos Beltran, who's a casualty in all this as well. So we have a couple rats in the clubhouse. Not only couple, cheaters, but a couple rats. A couple rats. And one of them, what's his, what's his name? He, he went, we said it earlier, he went to the uh, the A's from um, the uh, Astros. The pitcher, I forgot his name right now. But yeah. yeah he, he's the one, the whistleblower in the whole thing. And once he did it, everyone else started coming out and saying they did it. And, um, yeah, it's turned into this. And that leads me back to the point where if we're not going to let Pete Rose for a situation that happened years and years ago and Barry Bonds for a situation that happened years ago, why are we not stripping Houston of their title? Uh, I don't – yeah, I agree. They should get their title stripped, but – I don't think there should be a winner for that year. No, it should be vacated. Vacated for sure. And if the Red Sox were found guilty of the same thing – their title should be vacated as well. I think that's the only thing to do. I think the MLB didn't come down hard enough on the Astros. They lose their first and second round draft picks for the next two years, which, yes, you lose some, a lot of young talent, and you got a $5 million fine. That's nothing for an organization, a $5 million fine. No, not at all. I mean, that'd be huge if you're the Pirates. The Pirates are like Tampa Bay or Oakland. 
but a Miami. team like that Astros, yeah, Miami. We spoke about them as well. Yeah, any team in Florida. So a team like the Astros with a huge fan base who came out of nowhere in 2017, by the way, fan base that was non-existent between 2006 and 2014. And 2015 came out of nowhere. Once your team started getting good, bandwagon fans, and they're talking about how they're the best. Kind of remind me a little bit of a few fans from the city of San Fran. And what what uh, what sport? Uh, you're talking you know football. what I'm talking, talking about. Football. You know what I'm talking about. The ones that uh, just I don't know maybe didn't show up to games after uh, they lost in the Super Bowl in 2013. Yeah, and 2014 was their last good year, and then you know just stopped showing up for three four years. Head coach went on to coach in Michigan. Yep. And then three and thirteen to the pit of misery. That's where they went, and people stopped showing up. A couple of years ago, they pick up a very intelligent GM. And here are the 49ers fans that came with them. I'm not saying every 49ers fan. I'm 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 gonna have to say the word now. Bandwagons. Bandwagon fans. Okay. I'm not saying every fan's like that. I know there's some true homers out there, but I can't hold it in any longer. Adam. Yep. Should we keep discussing this monstrosity of an MLB situation, or should we move on? No, no, no. I got I got some more to say. You got on some it, more. And I got okay. some questions for you as well. So, um, my MVP in this whole thing is Trevor Bauer, pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. This man called it multiple years ago that there was something fishy going on with the Astros, how their pitchers, they'd get these guys from other teams, and their spin rate on their off-speed pitch would improve drastically. <coughs> Garrett Cole. No, 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 whoa, whoa, watch your fucking mouth. He's a Yankee. <coughs> Charlie Morton. Yeah, Charlie Morton, yeah. Talk about that. Jesus Justin Verlander. Lance McCullers. And, you know... Apparently, from a video that I've seen circling around Twitter, there's always something in the same area of the jersey. Yeah, so... Have you seen that? And, and I'm not to take a shot at you or your team, but there was a couple of Yankees players that had something underneath their jerseys. No, that was just their Under Armour. That was just their Under Armour. Yeah, I didn't know they had Under Armour spandex that reached three inches out of their... uh, Listen, Jersey. As a Yankee fan, if if the Yankees are found to have been doing this stuff as well, they deserve the same punishment. As everybody else doing this. I, like, I mean, if the Red Sox are doing why aren't the Yankees doing it then? Right. I mean, it makes logical sense. Goes but back to the steroid issue. I, I don't agree with anything they're doing. Even as a fan of the team, if they were found to be doing this, I don't agree with it. And they should also get the axe as well. I agree. I can't I can't defend that. You know, there, there's the cheating in baseball. It, it's always going to happen. But this brings on to the next question. Like I said earlier, where do you draw the line? So for you, where is the line for cheating are just gaining an edge in baseball when it comes to stealing signs, you know? I think there's always going to be an issue in the MLB whenever it comes to so-called cheating. Uh, I mean, we look at pine tar that pitchers are using that are hiding. Yet again, Yankees Michael pitchers Pineda. are uh, known for that as well, as uh, as well as a lot of pitchers in the MLB. That was one guy, Michael Pineda. Multiple times. An idiot. Like, why would you put it on your neck? Yeah. Why? I mean, you can pick up on signs from the dugout. You could. But you just can't, you know, use technology and straight up steal it. Yeah, that's what I said. And then mid-pitch or before the pitch, you give a look to your guys saying, hey, it's coming. And that's why I said once you introduce a battery to the topic or to the equation, once you use something – that needs to be possibly plugged into a wall or an outlet, that is crossing the line. That is way too far. And also the pine tar stuff, that stuff's going to happen. 
Is it right? No, it's not right. It's it's completely wrong. But it's going to happen. That is not the same as stealing the signs with electronics. Because still, even with the pine tar on your fingers, you still have to locate the ball when you're pitching it, correct? I agree. You yeah. still got to pitch it. You still got to hope the hitter doesn't smash the ball. You're just getting a edge. You're getting a little bit of an edge, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's I guess, in the same degree, it's the same as like the rosin bag. The rosin bag dries out your hands. The pine tar just gives you a little extra grip. Mm-hmm. I mean, the batter is using pine tar. Granted, it doesn't do the same thing as it would do for a pitcher, Yep. but they're using it. And there's so much pine tar you can put on a bat, right? And to us, yeah, I, certain I, height on the bat. You can't go above a certain um, length up the handle of the bat, but still, like, I'm not not saying that I agree with using like pitchers using pine tar, but it happens. It's gonna happen, and it, it's made it really difficult. I see these past few years for pitchers is where you know, obviously these balls are juiced. Oh yeah, this I mean, year with the home runs this year. So Jose Altuve's standing in the batter's box, whenever a pitch is coming his way, and absolutely blast one like he's Jose Bautista on juice in 2015. I see that. One, from the cheating of the, obviously, stealing the signs. With the juicing of the balls, that just makes an even bigger of an advantage for him and a huge disadvantage for the opponents, the the opposing pitchers. I mean, so maybe we allow pitchers to use pine tar if teams are going to cheat like this batting-wise. Yeah, I mean, if the MLB is going to juice the balls and really make it more difficult for the pitchers to succeed, then why not let them get a little bit of an advantage? If the batters can put pine tar on their bat I and like the rule in a certain degree up the bat certain amount up the bat they can use maybe they should incorporate a rule where the pitchers can use a certain amount of pine tar or they put like uh, like a, a certain amount that you can use in a game yeah like how, how they kind of have the rosin bag on the back of the mound and mm-hmm. the, the cleat cleaner on the back of the mound maybe they put something out there that's a little sticky for pine tar but they allow everyone to use it you know mm-hmm. that's just thinking off the top of the head you know it's something that'll probably never happen but I I think something that'd be really interesting, like you're saying, you know, how they have the cleat cleaner and then the rosin bag. I think what would make it really interesting is that the pitcher, the whole entire pitching staff, including relievers, they get a certain amount of tar they they can use in a game. What do you mean by that? A certain amount of tar. So, like you're saying, how you have it behind the pitcher. Yeah. You get a certain amount that you can use in the game. Like a, like a limit. Yeah. Kind of thing? A limit. Like once you're done, you're done. Once yeah, you're once out, you're out. once you're out, you're out. But pine tar is not like that though. Pine tar, yeah, it's it's kind of liquidated. But yeah. even even in like a, a cup that a pine tar, if a pine tar was in cup and you dumped out all the pine tar, there'll still be pine tar residue. All you have to do is stick your fingers on that pine tar, and you have it on you your. You got fingers. the edge. You got the edge. Yeah, that's that's really what it is. So maybe just allow all the pitchers to have like a, like a sticky paper, so to say. Like a Not rat. necessarily pine tar. No, no, like a rat, kind of like a rat trap. You know, it's sticky. Yeah. Maybe something like that behind the mound where they can just yeah. touch it. Like maybe once per at bat, they can they can touch it. Yeah. And the umpire's just monitoring. You've already got your touch. <laughs> I see you looking at it. Yeah, turn don't around. Even think about looking at it, kid. <laughs> so, do you think the MLB got it right with the Astros? I mean, punishment wise, I think there's still going to be more. I mean, I don't think it just ends here. I hope there's more. Yeah. And then I think there's going to be a whole league-wide investigation on all oh, there's 30 a, teams. There's going to be people singing like canaries out there. I can tell you this right now. 
What the pirates aren't? They can already count one out. <laughs> yeah, the pirates haven't. Produced. You think you think they they can afford this? I know they can afford it, but their owner just doesn't want to pick them up. Well, look. Speaking of the pirates, like uh, Felix Hernandez was just a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. And the Atlanta Braves signed him to a minor league deal. Why wouldn't the pirates jump on that to at least? And that's offer something. And something. That, that's something that the pirates were notorious for. You know, once a 2012 hit, and they were signing these pitchers who were really good early on in their careers. And then they, they would redevelop them once they're, you know, they're done with their original team. Uh, just new location, rejuvenate their confidence and all that. And they came out for a couple of years and they were studs. And their pitching is how they got Garrett to the playoffs. Garrett Cole was the one exception. Garrett Cole, he was... He was somebody they actually drafted in their farm system. And, you know, he developed and he threw a few games so he could get out of the Berg. But He got drafted by the Yankees. And then he elected to go back to college, which is yep. odd to me too, because he grew up a Yankee fan. The Yankees draft you. I guess money talks. You know, you bet on yourself, go back to college for a year, then you become the number one draft pick that following year. So I mean, it worked out for him. Still on the Yankees, but yeah, obviously worked out. Yeah. Yeah. He's coming off the two best seasons of his career. Uh, he was dominant, and I hope he continues with the Yankees. But enough of enough of Garrett Cole. Back to back to the Astros. And the fallout of this, because now, like you said, it's, it's going to bleed over to other teams. And the Red Sox are a team that's feeling it. But I think the Red Sox are feeling it more so because Alex Cora was the bench coach for the Astros when it was happening. Mm-hmm. And he's the manager for the Red Sox. And ironically enough, the Astros won the World Series when he's the bench coach. And then the next year, the Red Sox win the World Series as it, when he's the manager. And Mookie Betts has the year of his career. J.D. Martinez... Andrew Benatendi, all these guys have the years of their career. Yeah. And they win the World Series. They were a good team that year. And, and that's another thing, too. Like, the Astros didn't need to cheat. They are they have a dominant lineup. Oh, it's stacked. I mean, you you pulled off managing getting Justin Verlander, and then his career takes off again. Hey, that's, so that, that's, that's another spin rate. Thing. Yep. It's like Trevor Bauer said. So I something's got to change over there. The MLB, I think they need to come down a little harder. On, on the uh, the Astros, because I don't think what they got is nearly enough. As they they're altering people's careers, they they they're cheating fans out of a, a game. You know, like you have a pitcher coming in, right? This pitcher gets lit up. What happens? He gets sent back down to the minors because someone cheated. Yep. Yeah, you're right. It can uh, definitely halt somebody's careers and using their talent at the major league level, but it comes all down to cheating. I think they should. I hope more comes out for it. One more thing in it. Still, fuck Alex Cora, because what really pissed me off about him too is when the Red Sox won the World Series, and I I, I get it. There's be some trash talk, but for him to go up on the stage and talk shit, saying we went to Yankee Stadium, scored 16 runs, suck it. Now Alex Cora, you can <laughs> suck it now. You yeah. can suck it. Hope he gets a lifetime hard, ban. Man. And then just one more point for me is. As an organization, the Houston Astros, how do you trust your whole entire team? Because not all those veterans are going to stay there the rest of their career. How no. do you? How do you? Obviously, but how do you trust whenever they go to their next team, keep yeah. their mouth shuts about it? Not just keep their mouth shut, but now you are kind of putting an, so to say, an asterisk on your stats because now when teams evaluate you. For a free agent contract, be like, all right, he batted three ten last year, but how much of that contributed with the sign stealing scandal? You know, should we even give him this contract? You know what I'm saying? 
Absolutely. I mean, it it all leads down to multiple things that can happen for a team and for a player's career in a positive or in a bad way. I mean, I think that's just what it boils down to. Long story short, really just hope the MLB does more investigating on this. I hope they get it right. So, moving on. This last, well, we missed a couple of playoff games. We were, neither of us were, uh, we, we weren't able to do the podcast for a little bit. Missed the uh, divisional round and the wild card round due to do that. But you did watch the NFC and AFC championships, correct? I did. I watched the entire playoffs. They were great games other than, well, one of them was a great game. Yeah. The other one, uh, not so much. So what's your, uh, what's your take on those games? And pre- I want to hear some predictions for the Super Bowl. Um. Well, first things first. To all you Aaron Rodgers haters out there, I'm not a Packers fan, obviously, but for you to go and hate on this man's stat line from this NFC Championship game, they put up 20 points. I don't think that you can necessarily blame the Packers' offense, which they did struggle for most of the game, but the Packers' defense was absolutely fucking awful. They were atrocious. And right, uh, Mozart. What, Mostert. What, I don't even know how to say his name. Yeah. Like the running back, I can never say his name. He was lighting them up. Dude was getting through the hole, getting to the secondary before he was even touched. Was it like twenty nine carries, two hundred twenty yards? Yes, something like that. Yes, he was getting. Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball eight times that game. Oh, Jimmy! Is that what I saw? (laughs) Jimmy G, Jimmy Porn Star G, went six for eight. Ridiculous! But then again, why would you want to throw the ball when you got your running back? getting 10, 15 yards before he's, someone even gets a finger on him. Clearly, we can't tackle this guy. No, they weren't able to tackle this guy. And he's a, he's a good story, too, to run back. He, he got cut from six different teams, the Eagles being one of them. Uh, he was a Chip Kelly casualty. Mm-hmm. I really wish they kept him. Well, looking back on it, they didn't really understand. You couldn't have predicted this. You know, you couldn't have predicted he was going to be this good. But I wish the Eagles would have kept him around and groomed him a little bit. Another thing from this game is that kind of feel for Aaron Rodgers, not just all the injuries that he's had in his career, but the amount of, what should I say, talent that he has not had in his career on the defensive side of the ball. I think the last time they had defense was the year they won the Super Bowl. They had Clay Matthews, A.J. Hawk, Charles Woodson was on that team. Yep. They They had a good defense, but they haven't been there since that. So does it come down to you have to have a stud defense? And a stud quarterback in order to win a championship? I don't think you need to have a stud, but you need to be solid, at least on both sides of the ball. Uh, so, or at least solid stud in one phase of both sides. You know, like looking back on when the Giants won the Super Bowl, they were a dominant defensive line. Mm-hmm. And Eli Manning was a stud quarterback. You know, he, he was good. And they won the Super Bowl. And looking at the Eagles, they had a dominant defensive line and a dominant offensive line and they won the Super Bowl. I think you just need to be dominant on one aspect on be- on each side. Yeah, I agree. So San Francisco goes in to their place, Levi Stadium, and just whips the living dog shit out of Green Bay. And then switching to the other game, the AFC Championship game, we had the Titans versus the Chiefs. Six seed Titans. Number two seed and was a number they were number two seed they Chiefs. Were two seed, yeah. Two seed. Okay, so I th- I was more excited for this game. Yeah, I want I want to see what Derrick Henry can do. And I don't I did not go in thinking that Tennessee was going to win this game because Tennessee is a very one dimensional team, obviously, and that's Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill played his tail off this year. I'm hoping he gets a contract somewhere, whether that's Tennessee or anywhere else. 
Uh, Mariota is going to be on his way somewhere out the door. He'll finally get to play again. But anyway, so I didn't think that Tennessee, and Tennessee's defense was pretty good. Not great by any means. I'm glad Tennessee didn't end up winning this game because I didn't want to see a San Francisco versus Titans Super Bowl. That'd be extremely hard to watch. Yeah, it'll be hard to watch as a Titans fan. Yeah. Because San Francisco would have just destroyed them, I think. Just getting their hopes up. So, I seen the over-under for this game, I think, was 54. 54. What do you think? Over-under. Initially told someone, take the over. I don't know right now. I'm, if I'm going with my gut, I'm still taking the over. But I'm going to be going in a little skittish once the game actually kicks off. I think it could hit the over. I think it's going to be over than 54. It's just going to come down to, I think Kansas City and Pat Mahomes are going to light it up. I don't think they can score 54 points. I don't think they can all themselves. Well, they're not going to score 54 points. It's combined. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's where Jimmy G, it all comes down to him. If If he can put up an equal amount somewhat close to keeping up with Kansas City, which I don't think they will. I also don't think the Niners are going to be able to run the ball like they did last week. It's like Jimmy G is going to have to make a couple throws. It's going to be San Francisco's offense to see if they can keep up. Yeah, I, 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 I would definitely take the Chiefs offense over San Francisco, but I'd definitely take the 49ers defense over Kansas City, without a doubt. You do? Yeah, I take I take San Francisco's defense over Kansas City. Pat Mahomes is something else, though. No, I'm just saying building a team, like comparing the two teams, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like comparing okay. two teams, Niners have uh, the far superior defense. No, their defense has been Chiefs. fantastic all year. A big pickup that the Chiefs had this year was Frank Clark. Frank Clark, yep. Michigan man right there. Played for the Seahawks for a couple of years. He had a pretty much rejuvenated season this year. He was always kind of pretty good, but this year he just had an unbelievable year, and he uh, pretty much shored up that defense over there, that defensive line, linebacker core. How about Terrell Suggs? Yeah, wh- where did he come from? Arizona didn't want this guy. They, they said, hey, come on, and then they threw him in the dumpster. It's, it seems like every year there's that one guy who gets cast off from his team on mm-hmm. a Super Bowl winning team. And he just contributes, you know. Now this dude has another chance to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, I hope he does, honestly. And I hope, I'm thinking with my heart right now. Thinking with my heart. Hope the Chiefs win. Just because of Andy Reid. I do too. Big Red deserves one. Finally, he finally got there. Finally got there again. But here's what he does. Here's Andy Reid's track record. Coming back to his Eagles days. He'll make it to, to the AFC or NFC Championship a couple years in a row. Two, three years in a row. Lose all of them. Finally win one. Win the the conference championship, make it to the Super Bowl, and then lose. That's just Andy Reid's track record. He just didn't have the guts back then. <laughs> he, well, he had the the drama of T.O. and Donovan Donovan McNabb in 2004, but even that year, T.O. lit it up in the Super Bowl with a broken freaking ankle. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. Andy Reid, great coach. I really hope he wins it, but it's going to be an uphill battle this game. Like it's going to be a dogfight, I think, for uh, the Chiefs and the Niners to to win. I think so too. And then having I would have loved to see a Green Bay versus Kansas City, but now we got a Kansas City versus San Fran. I think it's still going to be a good game. I just, I'm just leaning more towards Kansas City and their offense. If it game. were, if it were Green Bay versus Kansas City, that would be offense versus defense. Yeah. Not, not discard. Forget it. It would be offense versus offense. Yeah. But San Francisco versus Kansas City is offense versus defense, without a doubt. Even though San Francisco has a it's not like San Francisco's offense they're is not, awful. I mean, they put up 37 last year. As they say, they're no slouch. They are no slouch. They're no slouch. 
Kansas City has the far superior offense. Andy Reid's just a very good offensive-minded coach. You got a great quarterback. You got a, a three-headed monster in the backfield. You know, there. I think, I think Kansas City's gonna win. Well, we, looks like we came on agreement. You, you agree with that? I'm gonna agree with that. I think Kansas City's gonna take the dub. All right. I hope so, because Big Red deserves one. Well, so you had a question from one of your friends. Right? I did. What What was that? Mister. Alan Alvarez wanted to know what I thought about the quarterback situation going into next season for the Carolina Panthers and what Cam Newton's new destination is going to be, or if he stays home. So there's there's a couple ways you can go with this one. We got, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. It is. It's going to be a very And Antonio Brown's not going to be a part of it. No. But let's no. stay on track here. Antonio Brown will be a part of the offseason, just not because of football. Yeah. And it showed already. The dudes wanted him like four states. Man's locked himself in the house. Um, what is Vontez Perfect ruined this man? Gave this man CTE from that hit in the playoffs that year. CTE is not funny by any means, <laughs> but it's just crazy to see the turn of events that have happened in two years. Shit, Antonio Brown might have a Netflix documentary on him next. I will be eagerly excited to watch that. Yeah, what a what a fall from grace for that man. But anyway, enough about him. He's already making enough. Yeah, enough of the clown show uh, here. <laughs> he's already making enough headlines for himself. Um, so the Carolina Panthers quarterback situation. So do you want me to start or do you want to start on this? Good. All right. right. So there's multiple ways you can go with this. I think you can go Cam Newton stays there. They trade Cam Newton to San Diego. Wait, is he even a free agent, Cam Newton? I think, I think he's going to be a free agent. Uh, they were talking about trading him. Before oh, during the season. season, yeah, during the season. All right, so I'll just, and I won't speculate trades or free agency. I'll just put top three destinations. Where for he's him. going, yeah, yeah. He's gonna go Carolina, Chicago, or San Diego. That's my three picks for him. I think he would do the best in San Diego or L.A. It's not sorry, not San Diego, yeah. Los Angeles Chargers, L.A. Um, number one, they got a new stadium coming in. Number two, they have Melvin Gordon. They have decent wide receivers, uh, pretty good, actually pretty good wide receivers that just seems to always get hurt. Yeah, and they have a solid defense. You know, Darwin James on the defense is he's good. He's really good. Yeah, and like you're saying, LA has a lot of pieces that Carolina has not had since their Super Bowl run. That was a great year, but so but even that year, the Super Bowl run, they didn't have their offense was Cam Newton. Yeah, and his MVP season was. Awesome. I mean, besides the fact he decided just not to jump on a fumble, not I mean, to die for the fumble in the Super Bowl to lose. I mean, to lose to an aging Peyton Manning who, yeah, threw ducks all game. Yeah, he I mean, had like, come on, not. I don't. I think he barely broke two hundred yards that Super Bowl. That was a hard Super Bowl to watch too. It was. That, yeah, that it was, was. It was a hard one. Denver's defense was great. Carolina's defense was great. But anyway, so I agree with the L.A. pick, the Chargers. I think that would be a great fit for him. Also, I have a little feeling of the Raiders. The Raiders, you think so? I think he'd be very interested. I think there's going to be a few quarterbacks that are going to be interested in the Raiders this offseason. I think in order for Cam Newton to flourish the way that Cam Newton can, you need a really good running back so you can do the zone reads mm-hmm. with Cam Newton. That's, he's really good at it. And he's, the dude's like a tight end. Yep. But he can move. The Raiders have Josh Jacobs. The Chargers... Could potentially still have Melvin Gordon, the Bears, Tariq Cohen, just speed out the backfield. You know that's that's what they need. That's what Cam Newton needs. It's in his best interest to leave Carolina. 
Yeah, and that's where my uh, third destination comes into. I don't think there's any chance. Sorry, Alan. I don't think there's any chance that uh, he's staying in Carolina. Yeah, like they're they're going a completely separate direction that Cam Newton wants to go. I like I like the Chicago pick by you. I don't agree with it though, because I have, I just have a different gut feeling. I think a team that yet again a lot of quarterbacks free agents are gonna be looking at this offseason is Miami with Miami. that stockpile of draft picks. I mean, it's very interesting. I don't know if he'd that. I don't think that's his top choice because no. dudes are getting older. Yeah, like he's at the stage in his career where he's not. He doesn't want to be in a rebuild. If he's gonna go somewhere, he wants to go to a team that already has established pieces mm-hmm. and could get there, could get to a championship. I think the Bears could get to a championship. They have a great, great defense. Trubisky left some to be desired this year. He was hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, put Cam Newton on that offense. Maybe you got something different. He, he's Trubisky, but better. Oh, his, his arm strength isn't – dude's an animal. Linebacker playing quarterback out there, but a little bit better accuracy. I think he has – that that's been the whole question with Newton his whole career was his accuracy, threading the needle. I mean Trubisky, I just haven't seen anything yet to where that's going to change for him because he struggles with the same thing. One thing with Cam Newton too, this guy takes a lot of hits. The ref the referees need to start throwing some flags for this man taking shots to the head, everything. They need to start throwing some flags. He's like the most non-called penalized quarterback in the league. Just hits on his knees, hits straight to the head. Yep. They just think because Cam Newton can run and he's big, it, it doesn't look as violent. I think that's with every big and mobile quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I just think, I mean, obviously it's going to be different with Tom Brady. It's going to be different with Eli Manning. Well, Eli Manning just retired today, I know. too. I, you know, as an Eagles fan, I really did enjoy looking at the schedule for the year. Oh, the Eagles play the Giants in Week 2 and Week 10. Uh, mark those off as W's. Because Eli Manning can never beat the Eagles. Yeah. All jokes aside, though, I respect the hell out of Eli Manning because I've never seen a quarterback take the abuse and the hits and everything that Eli Manning took, and you never, ever, at least publicly, heard him complain one time. Nope. Call out his teammates for anything. Just all around great teammate. When he got benched while he while he was on his streak, the world record streak for Geno Smith. Yep. I got so pissed off about that. I was like, come on, let the guy get the streak. You're not going to the come playoffs. On, let, him, let, let him give a dub to uh, the Eagles again. Yeah, please. And they said they, they benched him to evaluate other talent. Like, Geno Smith, you're evaluating Geno Smith. Hey, take it easy now, pal. Come on. Take it easy. What, what do you need to evaluate on Geno Smith? There's nothing you need to evaluate on him. He was already in the league multiple years. But were they winning with Eli whenever he was under center then? They don't. They haven't won... Anything since 2011. Well, 2000, I think it was 16. They went 13 and uh, 12 and 4. Okay. They went 12 and 4 that year. Or Yeah, 12 and 4. Um, lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Packers that year. but And then they couldn't win the next couple seasons. So no. you, you got to try to put in somebody else. I mean, I, I think it made perfect sense with what how New York handled that. The one thing that New York has handled well, actually, finally. But, all right, so getting to my point with that, they had Geno Smith as their backup, but their third-string quarterback was a rookie, uh, I think from Syracuse. I forgot his name. Ryan Nassib. I don't know if it was Nassib. Was it Nassib? Nassib. Yeah, why don't you just put him in? If you want to evaluate talent, you already ev- – Geno Smith at this point has been in the league multiple years. What do you need to evaluate on him? Put in Nassib, you know? 
Let him let him sling it a little bit. I remember watching Nazib whenever he played at Syracuse. Uh, he was mediocre. Geno Smith was terrific in college. Was Geno Smith terrific in the NFL, though? No. I mean, he's a solid backup. So what do you need to evaluate on him? If that was the excuse for benching Eli Manning. See, I think I think what's, what they did with the evaluation process, that word, evaluation, I think is where they messed up. I think it was a cop-out. I th- Well, I also think it's where just put in the guy who you think has a better chance of giving you a W. Yeah. It, Experiment with it. But at that point, why do you want Ws? You're, you're already not going to the playoffs. You got three wins with, give, with three games left to play. You're not doing anything. If give, you're, give you some hope for next year. Geno Smith was not going to be there the next year. You never know. Oh, come on. Geno Smith. You never, you never know. This man goes off in the Big Apple, his second team in the Big Apple, and you know has a career second half of the year. And they re-sign him to a big contract. Who knows? Where's he at now, Geno Smith? He's a, he's a backup for Russell Wilson in Seattle. Oh, yeah, he is there. I don't think Nazib is in the league anymore. I, I tell you what, I would have loved having Geno as a backup in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was watching Pittsburgh play. He, he's a he's a serviceable backup. I think Pittsburgh could have made the playoffs if he was. They were close. Backup. They were close this year. Yeah, they were they were close with a, and not taking away from Duck Hodges. I mean he quack, quack. he got wins, as best as they could. But he just I I don't think he's gonna pan out to be an NFL quarterback. I think most Giants fans could agree with this that they were really want to forget about everything that was done in the Ben McAdoo era. Yeah. On the Giants. Because he just made some stupid decisions. Some stupid decisions as head coach. He he killed his team. Oh, absolutely. And then he he called out Eli Manning. The one person on that team that put his heart and soul into every game, every snap, would get absolutely destroyed under center. Especially when they played the Eagles. The Eagles just... Eli Manning was like a, a hitting bag, a punching bag for them. I don't know how you're going to call out a guy who's been there for years. And you're the new guy. Yeah, it's your, it's your first slick head back coaching hair, gig, your right? Slick back hair and your arrogant attitude, like you're chomping on your gum, like you're Pete Carroll. Like, yeah. get out of here. Shut your face. Shut your goddamn face, dude. As the cool kids say, hit the bricks. Hit the bricks, guy. And New York eventually said that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, met much respect to Eli Manning. I'm gonna miss seeing him play. I guess I would think the Chargers actually regret trading him for Philip Rivers. Back in the in the 2004 draft, I would if I were that team. Yeah, but Philip Rivers, he's no slouch either. He put up numbers. They just no. could never because they were going consistently 13 and three, 14 and two, 12 and four when they had in the early 2000s with um, Darren Sproles and everybody. But they just could never get over the hump. There's this that team. They can never get over the hump. Philip Rivers is an awesome quarterback. He is. I love how much trash he talks on the field. Like he's such a nice guy, but he just talks so much respectful he, trash. He just too. keeps running his yap. He's, no? he's yapping. He's like a little chihuahua just yeah. yapping at you. Like, but it's, it's respectful. He's not cursing you out or anything. No. He's just a, he's more of a nuisance, an annoyance, you know? Yeah. But to finally answer this question that was sent in about, you know, Carolina's quarterback situation, I know this sickens you, Mr. Alvarez, but Cam's not going to be back. And I don't think your quarterback situation is as bad as you think it is with Kyle Allen and Will Greer. Will Greer, the first couple starts, WVU and Florida Gator, former. But I don't think he had a whole lot of help from that team whenever he was put in. Uh, You watch his highlights, his college highlights, this guy can throw the ball. Kyle Allen, you know, even last year, 
guy could throw the ball. So I just think they need pieces around your quarterback situation. If you want to take a third round, second round, third round draft pick on a quarterback or sign a veteran free agent, then go right ahead. But I don't think quarterback plays the biggest issue in Carolina right now. Going to break it to you. If Curtis Samuel is your best wide receiver on the field, you're not winning anything. Yep. It's not happening. So they need to go full rebuild, start building. Steve Smith's not coming out of retirement. He's not coming out there to just throw it up to him. And did, has, did Greg Olson retire also? No, he didn't retire. He's he, still He's there. talking about it, though. He's talking about it. Uh, Luke Keekley retired, but now he's on, That's the, sad. he's on the fence about it now. They said they might bring him back. Maybe that what they meant is that he might still be a part of the team as like a part of the coaching staff or something, which he's great. But I also respect his decision because he was always hurt. Keekley, the whole time that he was in the NFL, was the best middle linebacker on the field. Easily. The best man. And there was no discussion. Nobody, the whole time Keekley was in there, nobody in the NFL could even touch this dude. The concussions, though, they're a real thing. Yeah, they're a real thing. You get too many of those bad boys, you're you're the rest of your life is in jeopardy. The, the NFL is not forever, but the lasting effects of what the NFL does to your body, unfortunately, is forever. So yeah. he made the right decision for himself to step away from the game. Um, hopefully, he can still make an impact for that team, coaching wise. And if it was a health issue i'm really glad that he caught it early yeah enough to where he said okay enough's enough yeah credit to him he had a great career he's yet again not only was he the best middle linebacker on the field physicality wise you watch this dude run around on the field before and during plays just calling out you know what he sees you know what's going to happen i mean it's just unreal watching that dude play what was it eight years uh, something like that. I think he yeah. played eight years. I mean, he was awesome. Everyone wants to know, Jack. What's that? Who's your stud of the week? My stud of the week. It's going to be a little town up in New the New England area. Okay. The green team, the Boston Celtics. Oh, God. Are you going to. So they decided to. L.A. was going to come into town. L.A. was going to come into town with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And they thought, uh,. Oh, hit the bricks. <laughs> In your own house. Get out. Get out. No. Boston decided to put an absolute ass whooping. They got beat him by damn near 30. It was it was pretty bad. LeBron got embarrassed. He did. He got dunked on by Jalen Brown, too. Jalen Brown's a heck of a player. I'm glad they locked him up. I hate the Celtics, too. But I'll give him credit. Like he, One thing about Jalen Brown, he's hit or miss, too. One game he's really good. The next game he's going 0 for 10. That team can afford that, though. Yeah. That's the thing. If he's the only guy there, then it's not even close. But that team can afford Jalen. They can afford Tatum not shooting the ball well one night because Brown or Gordon Hayward's going to pick it up. I think the thing that hurt the Celtics the most this year is Al Horford leaving and coming to the Sixers. Yeah. That veteran presence. They've, they've, he was clutch. They've lacked uh, a big man for good – bit now i mean it's just been a struggle rebounding wise and taco fall is not bad he's a rookie i think he's going to develop into a pretty solid player for that yeah. i mean let's look at the stat line here from that 139 to 107 win against the la lakers jason tatum 29 minutes 27 points it's quality game five for eight from three 10 of 18 overall God, i wish the sixers didn't trade for markel Fultz and just drafted tatum that year yeah idiots yeah dummies Gordon Hayward shot 50% from the field, 2 for 3 from 3-point land, 16 points. Kemba Walker over 50% from the field, 20 points. 
Jalen Brown, 20 points. And bench put up some good numbers too. Ernest Canner, 80% from the field, 8 for 10, and 11 boards. You know what they call that in basketball? What do they call that in basketball? They call that a double-double <laughs> off the bench. Now, Adam. Yo. Birds are chirping. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Apparently, we, uh, apparently you got a stud of the week as well. Yeah, I, I went ahead and uh, I got one here. Hit me with it. So, uh, my stud of the week is a man, a legend, some would say, from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Ooh. Ventured down, living in New Jersey as a youngin'. Oh, my. Played for shortstop, number two for the New York Yankees. Hold on, can I, can I do a little preview of this? Do it, do it, do it. I've uh, studied this a little bit. Batting next. Oh, my God, that's not how it is. Now batting for the New York Yankees, number two. Derek Jeter, number two. No, you, you emphasize the R too much. It's Derek Jeter. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Number two. So One of my favorite commercials of all time was whenever they put him in there. The Nike Respect commercial? That commercial makes me cry. So the reason why he's my start of the week, he hasn't played since 2014, but the man was elected first ballot Hall of Famer just yesterday, or two days ago, sorry, with a career stat line of 2,747 games. 12,602 at-bats, oh, no, 12,602 plate appearances, 11,195 at-bats, 3,465 hits, and that, my good friends, equals out to a career 310 batting average. And I just want to meet the one joker, that one jerk-off that did not elect him into the Hall of Fame, that, th- that one out of 397 that did not elect him to be a unanimous Hall of Famer guy had to be a Boston fan. I mean, this guy just totally blew it, ruined it. Yeah, Derek Jeter. What a better story than just getting the unanimous vote. There, so now, as it stands right now, Mariano Rivera is still the only one with a unanimous, unanimous vote, but Derek Jeter had a full season of baseball in the playoffs. He had 154 playoff games. It has the playoff record for hits, doubles, triples, and there was... One more thing. I don't remember what it was off the top of the head, but he has he's the playoff leader in all those stats. But, I mean, damn near when you play a full freaking season of playoff baseball, you're going to have those stats. Yeah. So he should have been a first ballot a unanimous Hall of Famer, but I'm sure he's happy he's in there. I'm happy he's in there. That's my childhood right there, Derek Jeter, growing up, just knowing he's at shortstop, number two. It really hit me when Eduardo Nunez was our shortstop for a little bit. When Derek Jeter got hurt towards the end of his career, I was like, oh, maybe it's the end for old DJ. Then Didi Gregorius comes in, filled the shoes well, but no one's number two. No one's Derek Jeter. So that's my start of the week. So let's clap it up for these guys. Now, Jack, there's more to this. I want to know who your dud of the week is. Well, we've already discussed my dud of the week. It's the Packers. Uh, Packers defense. I got nothing else to say. Adam, who's your dud of the <laughs> fucking week? No. Nothing else to say about them. The atrocity that they put on. I don't even think they knew they had a game that day. They must have forgot that it was the NFC Championship. I guess they just, on the whiteboard, they just thought that they didn't have to play defense today. It was just a 7-on-7. Seven seven they thought that bad man Aaron Rodgers was going to lead them to greatness. I mean, the dude's getting old now. Come I on. think his Super Bowl window is closed. Dude's broken his collarbone, what, like 500 times now? And it seems like it's always against the Vikings. The Vikings are always hurting this man. Dirty fucking bastards. It's all right. The Vikings are in the pit of misery of the NFL. They'll never, I don't think they'll ever make it to the Super Bowl. Four years, $80 million. What does that equal? Robbery. 
Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Well, he. All right. I got him giving credit this year. He did good. He did good this year. Is he worth 80 mil? No. But he didn't do good in the playoffs. He beat the Saints. They beat the Saints this year. I guess Dak thinks he's oh God, don't even worth half started. of that. Don't even get me started with that. Don't get me started. I mean, at least Kirk can make the playoffs. At least he can do it. <laughs> and beat the Saints in New Orleans. Yeah. So, you want to hear my dud? Feed me. My dud of the week is some ass clown named Alex Cora. Oh, Touched Jesus. on it earlier. And I'm you don't gonna, know who this guy is. There's money on his head. He's a fucking asshole. And I touched on it earlier. We touched on it for an extensive period of time earlier. But Alex Cora, the ringleader of the sign-stealing scandal. Mr. I'm going to talk shit on stage on the Super Bowl, not Super Bowl, the World Series parade about the Yankees. Knowing damn well you probably cheated most of the year. Suck it, Alex Cora. Suck it, as you like to say. Suck it. Fucking asshole. Jerk off. So, with that, let's boo these men. Boo. Jack, we had a month hiatus, but we're back now. I think this is our best episode yet. Uh, You know, we said that a month ago with episode three. We also said with episode two. But episode three was our best episode yet. But I think this one's got a beat. This one definitely has a beat. But uh, with that, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Um, be back probably next week with another episode discussing more sports topics uh if you want to hear from us send in some of your questions to either of us on any social media platform and also the podcast is available on all major platforms jack anything else you guys say yeah got one more thing we haven't heard in a while what is it you're listening to time out with adam and jack